There's, you know, you get your t-shirt, then a long t-shirt, then a sweater, maybe a second sweater, some sort of kind of internal jacket. What's up guys, welcome back to another episode of Eastgate Chat with Evolve and this week we got Brandon on all the way from Chicago to talk about how to survive winter on your electric skateboard. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks for having me on. How's the weather going over in Chicago right now? Give us a rundown of what you're facing. It's actually not too bad compared to the average winter. Uh, it's been kind to us this year not as cold as usual kind of been hovering around the freezing points you know we just recently started getting a bunch of salt on the roads which isn't my favorite but it's workable i looked it up before i came on you're sitting around the zero degrees celsius mark up and down sometimes gets down to about minus five sort of thing yeah yeah uh, there's some winters where we're going to get even lower in Fahrenheit. We'll get down to, you know, like negative one to negative 10. And that's just before you kind of get the wind chill effect in there. So sitting around, you know, 32 for us, zero degrees in Celsius, you know, isn't too bad. Yeah, cool. All right. So on this podcast, what we want to get stuck into is all the things that you, I guess, the precautions you take and the things you do to make make sure you can ride as much as you can during winter, keeping yourself safe, keeping your board in good health, all, all the things that anyone in a cold weather climate should know how to do uh, to get the most out of their board and their ride. So uh, w- what do you think? Let's start with clothing because that, that's going to be a pretty important one, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'd say layers are really key. You're going to kind of want to dress like you're going snowboarding, you know, and that means like extra thick socks. I'll usually put on like some sort of long johns or leggings underneath my jeans. There's, you know, you get your t-shirt, then a long t-shirt, then a sweater, maybe a second sweater, some sort of kind of internal jacket then maybe one more light jacket before you get the full winter coat on. And um, I've been using a lot of heated apparel, which I've found pretty helpful. I have a heated vest and a heated like outer jacket, which has kind of, you know, helped mitigate some of the layers that I have to wear and make me feel a little more secure. Um, In terms of like face coverings, you're definitely going to want like some sort of beanie that you're able to squeeze under your helmet. I actually will sometimes use like a larger helmet in the winter just so that I'm able to actually still fit the helmet properly on my head. And then you'll want either like, you know, a smaller face mask or sometimes even multiple face masks just to kind of keep all that skin covered. Because especially in Chicago, when you're getting down into these, you know, really low temperatures and you have that wind chill from like riding blasting into your face you're actually at a frostbite risk so having you know no skin exposed at all is usually the best case and that also goes with a set of gloves as well you can't you can't forget those every little portion of skin when you're getting down in those really cold temperatures should be covered yeah awesome there's a couple things in that i want to unpack so you said a heated jacket we're from Australia, so we don't get into that too much. Is that a legitimate, like a power source within a jacket, which heats it? 
Yeah, so there'll be like a little removable battery pack that you can take out, you can recharge it. It also has like a little USB port. So, you know, you can use it as a little battery bank for your phone. And then there's different, like there's little like kind of heating strips that go throughout the jackets. Like my vest has like a little heating around in the neck. There's some in the back. My outer jacket has chest, back, like inside your pockets as well. And you can kind of like cycle between different heat modes, whether you want that to be, you know, just like a little extra boost in warmth or like as warm as you can go. And some of these batteries, you know, you can get up to, on the highest setting, I'd say it's about maybe like three hours on full blast. And some of the lower settings, you could have it last for, you know, like 24 straight hours. Yeah, that's, that's a cool way to um, stay warm. I've never experienced that before, but I think for an e-skater, that would be a good way to uh, avoid that sudden chill getting out and about. Do the jackets you wear have some sort of wind protection as well? Uh, yeah, they're usually made of material that's pretty uh, wind deflectant. And, you know, not everyone wears the outerwear one. That's a little more unusual. Uh, most people have, like, the vest, which they kind of use underneath their outer jacket, which creates, like, a shell of warmth. Um, at one point, we were kind of all joking because we all bought the same vest from the same company. So when, you know, we'd show up at our charge spots on group rides, it would almost look like we were all in uniform because we're all wearing the exact same heated vests. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, with the gloves as well, how, do you have a specific type that you like? Because you obviously have to balance having some dexterity in your fingers as well as it being thick enough to stop the, uh, stop the cold coming through. Yeah, uh, that has always kind of been a challenge with uh, e-skating is finding the right glove that kind of works with your remote because uh, you have to kind of mix in between something that is, you know, thin enough that you can still actually feel what you're doing with the remote, but it's not so thick that you have no idea, you know, how hard you're pressing the buttons. I, funny enough, I actually use heated gloves as well to ride when it gets really cold. Uh, definitely skin tight is my main recommendation for anyone who needs gloves. You want it to be, you know, as best a fit as possible because it really makes all the difference, you know, and allows you to probably go a little bit thicker when it comes to getting a glove on and still using your remote effectively and safely. Moving on from that, when the, so winter doesn't always necessarily mean wet, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll have some, you know, uh, kind of dry spells and wet spells. Usually after a snow, you can kind of have some of that wet and moisture stick around on the road. But we do, especially living in Chicago, which is a big city, they're pretty good about salting the streets and things will dry up pretty quickly. So it, you know, it gets a little safer. We try not to ride as much when the roads are damp. And if you're going to do so, definitely pneumatics is the way to go because urethane will slip all over the place. That was going to be my next question. Do you find yourself riding the all-terrain a lot more during winter? Yeah, definitely the all-terrain is a little more helpful, especially if you want to kind of ride on a better variety of roads because the last thing you want to do, you know, on a cold winter night is take a spill just because your wheels were a little bit too slick. And also, I think it's important to maintain the tire pressure in your wheels because depending on how much the temperature fluctuates, it'll actually change how much air is in there. 
So I like to kind of keep an eye on that when I'm running the pneumatics just to make sure, you know, I'm not uh, losing too much air depending on how cold it gets. With winter comes less sunlight as well, right? What time is it getting dark where you are? Uh, Usually, by the time most people are getting off work, it's dark. Um, Days are getting a little bit longer now, which I'm grateful for. But around, you know, 5 p.m., it's completely dark. So definitely, you know, especially in Chicago, where you're going to have, like, a lot of, like, potholes and cracks and all the kind of expansion gaps from the winter will be pretty big. You're going to want a good lighting situation, you know, whether that's, I'd recommend, you know, on your board, also a handheld flashlight, something on your helmet. Just, you definitely want to be able to see the road ahead of you because almost all the rides you're going to be doing, you know, during the week outside of work are always going to be dark. All right, so see and be seen. Um, shout outs, we like our shred lights. I know you like your shred lights as well. They're good because they can mount onto the board, but you can get little attachments for what helmets and backpacks and all those sort of things. Yeah, definitely easy to swap. And they have that new light coming out that's like several times as bright as the ones they currently have. And I'm really excited to get my hands on those. I think it'll definitely be a big game changer, especially in terms of being seen by, you know, other cars, being in a big city visibility you know i think is something that people often overlook but is pretty important because you do get a lot of you know reckless drivers people not paying attention especially you know on a chicago night where it's sub freezing temperatures they're not expecting you know a guy on a skateboard to be flying at 20 plus miles an hour down the road that's when reflective sort of gear could also come into the mix. I know Lazy Rolling and a few other jacket companies do have reflective uppers as well as the protection and the warmth. So that's something people could definitely look into. Yeah, um, I agree. I have those little reflective strips on the back of my Evolve backpack, which have definitely proven handy. Good to be, uh, good to be seen, that's for sure. Just about an hour ago, I was actually had my hands on that new uh, SL1000 SL1000, the new shred light. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we have a sample here and it is bright. <laughs> Very bright. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I should get it. I, I should be getting my hands on uh, a few of them soon. I'm really excited to, you know, test them out, get a little review out. They, they definitely look like a game changer in terms of just the, their size, the versatility, and swapping them around. Like they, they've been upping the game a lot. So, really excited for this next generation. Yeah, I think it'll work well in combination with the other lights as well because we're testing them in daytime, so it's hard to tell. But it looks like it throws light a lot further. It's, it's more like a spotlight, so you can really see what's ahead of you. Um, yeah, I think that'll be super cool for a lot of people to check out. Let's get on to storing your board. That's a question we get at Evolve all the time. So there's there's two sides to it. What do you do if you're going to be... I guess, riding your board, keeping it as your commuter, or if you just put it away for the winter? Yeah, so riding as a commuter, it's always good to store your board in basically a temperature-controlled place. I live in an apartment, so it's not too much of an issue for me. But, you know, if you have a garage or, you know, a kind of a bike room in an apartment building that's unheated, you're definitely going to want to avoid that. Because kind of when the battery is off, the prolonged exposure to the cold will kind of degrade your battery a little bit faster and can kind of, you know, 
decrease your range overall a little bit more. So it's always good to keep it in like a safe area. When you're actually riding, the battery is, you know, it's heating itself enough that it's not going to cause any problems. But in terms of storage, you know, during the winter, you always want to make sure it's warm. Yeah, we... And then... Yeah, sorry, we, that's it. We, we definitely agree with that. So keep it inside pretty much. Keep it nice and warm. Don't let it get freezing, freezing cold. Um, and you'll be all right. You can ride in a zero degrees sort of climate because the board's going to heat itself up. Um, you just don't want some crazy fluctuation of heat where it's, you know, sitting outside in minus five in a garden shed and then you heat it up in your ride and then you let it get cold over and over again. Yeah, and then I'd say for the people who aren't, you know, they're going to put their board away for the winter, which is pretty reasonable. Not everybody is uh, as crazy as we are in Chicago, and it makes sense. I normally say storing your board somewhere between 40-50% is the best. Storing it at 100% capacity is not, you know, the best for the long-term health of your battery. Kind of the same situation where it'll degrade the health of the battery a little bit more over time. So just kind of storing it sort of in the mid-range, you know, go for a little ride before you put it away for the season, keep it in the same temperature-controlled dried place, and you'll be all set for uh, the spring weather. 100%. Um, Something that we see on on the forums a lot and you've experienced is the difference in range you're going to experience when you start riding in cold weather or as the weather drops, you're going to experience a different amount of range you're getting from your board. Do you want to tell us about your experiences with that coming both into and out of winter? Yeah, I think that's something a lot of people don't realize, especially going into winter, just because naturally it's so cold, you'll generally spend a little less time outside. But if you're paying attention, it can actually have a pretty substantial effect on range. It It's surprising how much it'll drop just because of, you know, the sub-freezing weather. Uh, you can get anywhere from, like, you know... 20 to 40 percent less especially in chicago with the cold winds pushing on you all the time in the winter uh you're really not going to see what you'd expect as much and it it doesn't matter how much i know that every spring once it starts warming up i'm always surprised because that that range loss is only temporary it comes back so i'll always be like oh my god i forgot i could go this far (laughs) And it's, it's really relieving. But you know, for anyone, you know, first winter, or they got their board in the winter, they're, you know, a little worried about the range. They don't think they're getting what they're, you know, supposed to be getting once spring rolls around. You'll see a pretty drastic difference. And it always, you know, makes for a great open of the season when you're finally able to go on those longer rides again and some beautiful weather. Yeah, for sure. Um all right, so let's talk about community. Um, group rides in summer are beautiful. Everyone goes down the park and hangs out. What does the group ride and community situation look like in Chicago, at least, during the winter time? Yeah, in the winter is when you're kind of you're gonna get the more hardcore riders, the people who are really you know dedicated. Usually, the core members of the community. Not to say that you know core members only come out in the winter but you're the people who are all about riding all the time are always out and it makes for some pretty fun group rides because you you know you're normally having to bounce between location to location in terms of charging you want to be indoors for your stops just to ensure you know the safety and sanity of all the riders 
but just participating in something that's, you know, so insane and so much, so much, you know, fun to do really, I think helps bring the community closer and has really, you know, brought the Chicago community together because we're you know you feel crazy going out in that weather is you're throwing on your like sixth or seventh layer you're like am i really about to go do this for four hours but it's 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 all worth it and it's been so much fun i i couldn't imagine not riding in the winter and you know i always think it's better to ride with friends so i'm lucky that the chicago community is just as crazy as i am do you ever session underground car parks? I know a lot of places around the world, the communities sort of use them as a safe haven away from weather. Yeah, occasionally we will get into the uh, the underground parking lots, uh, you know, when security allows it. It usually happens when we're getting, uh, you know, a lot of snow, a lot of some of that more nasty weather. And, you know, we're all texting in the group chat, itching to be able to get out, go on a ride and... There's a few in downtown Chicago that are pretty good for riding, and we all, you know, we'll kind of get together, we'll ride around in the garage. Um, not as often as we'd like, probably. Mostly the rule, as our community goes, is is if it's dry, we ride. No matter what the temperature is, we'll get out. And we'll, uh, you know, if you're going to go out in that kind of temperature anyways, we figure might as well go all the way, ride to all the normal spots, ride down all the normal roads. Uh, it's just when we kind of start to get into those long periods of unrideable conditions that the car parks become really attractive. I can imagine once all the streets are covered in snow and or it's raining and miserable, that's going to drive you underground. But if it's just cold and dry, you, you can just put on seven layers and continue. <laughs> Uh, sounds insane sounds insane compared to what we're used to in our group ride situation here usually what we're trying to do is uh, wear clothing that gives us enough protection without it being too hot so we, we we want thin gloves that breathe and you know pads are too hot all those sort of things so it's really polar opposites yeah we don't really have that problem as much it's always it's always how to stay as warm as possible and especially once you get into those really cold temperatures there there's nothing you can do you can layer up as much as possible you know once you get to the end you know from one destination to the other say you know in the summer we're doing you know 10 mile 12 mile sprints from one destination to another in the winter it's like four to six at most at a certain point especially moving quickly into the wind and the cold weather you just need to uh you need to get inside there's only so much that uh you know you can handle no matter what you're wearing and it's always the extremities first you'll get the hands you'll get like the the shoes that kind of area it's always a little lacking in protection there's not you know enough that you can put there to really uh keep the cold out about a year ago, over in the UK, they face a very similar problem, except it's it's even more wet. So they have long periods where they can't ride at all. We were looking for a solution to try and get people riding throughout winter, do something for the community. And we were able to team up with some local go-kart tracks, indoor go-kart tracks, and host these open events. We opened them up to all the electric vehicles, so scooters and bikes and all sorts of boards. They all came out. That, that's sort of a model we really wanted to do in more places around the world. But as we all know, the restrictions and lockdowns make 
events like that sort of difficult. What, what do you think the sort of feedback on an event like that would be if you were allowed a three-hour group session in a sort of designated event and just a bit more legitimate, I guess, in a group ride? Yeah, our our community would definitely be ecstatic. It's something we've been really wanting to do for years. It's just been a little out of our reach. Here and there, there's been like an indoor skate park or two we've been able to get into, but those really, you know, aren't meant for electric skateboards. You can do a little something here or there, but in terms of an actual track, that is, I mean, that's basically been everybody's dream. Uh, all winter long we'd love to have the opportunity to just you know open it up in an indoor venue and really get to uh, enjoy the boards stay tuned hopefully these restrictions go away and we can make something happen Um, definitely definitely on the cards for Evolve to be doing that one of the best parts of winter is when spring rolls around right yeah definitely What's your 2021 looking like? What what do you plan? What do you hope to do in terms of your e-skating? Uh, in terms of my e-skate plans this year, um, you know, I'm really hoping once the warm weather kind of runs around, things will be eased a little bit more in terms of restrictions and we're really able to get back out on those group rides. We really haven't had the opportunity to do as many events this year as we would have liked to because normally we do something every Tuesday night and then usually every other Saturday and kind of going from that frequent riding to not really getting the meat at all has definitely been you know a little bit of a downer so definitely the focus will be on making events work and you know if that means we can't actually go into places uh, when the spring rolls around, we'll make it work anyways, because I know everyone has been a little, you know, down in the dumps this winter. So even just, you know, riding to big parks where there's charging spots is going to be something that's going to be on everybody's minds, just so we can find ways to safely all get together. We actually have this uh, pretty big map we've been working on. It's a community map where we basically finds outlets and charging spots all around the city and like outer lying areas so that anybody at any time can go on there if they're planning out a ride that they're going to need the charge on or they just need a little break it'll kind of show all the spots where you're able to plug in outdoors kick back relax a little bit while you charge and so kind of using that map to help plan group rides has been fantastic and even just personal rides And so I think, you know, utilizing stuff like that and kind of expanding on that will be key for how we're going to plan and do our group rides coming into this year as we still deal with certain restrictions and safety precautions that we have to take. Cool. Um, I I think I heard someone in the London community do a similar thing with mapping it out. Where, Where are you hosting that if anyone is from Chicago but doesn't know about it? How do they get hold of uh, it? We have a Facebook group called Chicago Eastgate, which is usually where we'll have most of our events going. We have a Telegram chat as well, and then I'll post about events on my own personal page just to kind of get people engaged and excited. Um, you know, in the Facebook group or our Telegram chat is where we'll have like access to all like the resource guides. We have uh, you know, the charging map. We'll have a restaurant friendly guide, which you know. We haven't been able to utilize as much recently, but 
This basically shows all the places where you can go grab like a bite to eat, a drink, and they're not going to hassle you at all about charging, that they kind of welcome the community in. And we have a bunch of, you know, really local spots that we'll visit a lot that are super friendly to us. They'll open up whole back rooms that are off limits to the public just so we can put all of our gear, we can plug all our boards in, they lock it back up and we don't have to worry about it while we're there. And, you know, even the times where we've had a few too many riders, we've actually blown the uh, the socket, they'll still come and they'll help us out. They'll let us, they'll let us do what we need to do. I've seen a... Uh, a bartender at one of our local places uh, stop mid-drink. He was in the middle of pouring someone a drink, and he stopped because we uh, blew the circuit, and he went to go reset the power for us before he finished. And huh. I, I was blown away. I was like, wow, they really love us. <laughs> that's, that's nice of him. Good lad. Uh, we, so we still got a bit of time, so why don't we jump into your relationship with Evolve? So I don't know if he said it at the start, but you are our Chicago ambassador. Um, yeah. Rep, rep and Evolve. Do you remember how long it's been? It's over a year now, right? No, almost. Yeah, not a year yet. I believe uh, we started talking in March or April of 2020. Well, we got a birthday coming up. Yep. Excited <laughs> uh, for it. It's been a very big year for me and definitely sort of life-changing in terms of what I've been doing, you know, electric skateboarding wise and how I've been able to expand my relationships and kind of impact on the community. Coming to an Evolve board, there was a couple things that you hadn't experienced before, mainly would be, let's say the range, double kingpin trucks and all-terrain tires. Let's run through those things. What, what are your views now on, we all know what your views are on ranges. That's great. Uh, double kingpins and all terrain. Let's go. Double kingpins. I, you know, at first I wasn't sure how I was going to like them, but they quickly became, you know, almost like a drug I couldn't get enough of. They really are a lot of fun. And I started by riding longboards, specifically bamboo boards and kind of, the feeling that riding on double king pens, especially on, you know, the bamboo GTR has given me has just, you know, brought me back so much to what it felt like when I was first riding normal longboards around Chicago. And that that feeling is something I can't escape now. It doesn't it doesn't feel right to not ride on double king pens and be able to kind of experience that sort of surfy carvy feeling. It's evolved into so much of my e-skating experience and what I strongly identify with e-skating for me it's it's kind of hard to explain but it it it's it's a happy feeling it puts me in a good place I I couldn't go back I I love the double king pens I know some people are either one way or another and I'm officially on the double king pen side living for the carve we know that feeling. That's what we're all about. Yeah, in terms of the pneumatics, I think at the end of the day, I'm still a urethane skater. That it was kind of my roots, and I have a hard time letting go of them. And I'll I'll swap back and forth a lot. You know, every time I'm on pneumatics, I'm always like, 
wow, this is awesome, it's so comfortable, I can ride anywhere, but then I find myself, you know, frequently switching back to those uh, street wheels, just because of the, the raw feeling it gives, how close you are to the road. It's It's been a big toss-up for me. Definitely the having the versatility of being able to go off-roading has been fantastic. Uh, that was something I hadn't experienced before on an electric board, and it's definitely a few good trails around the Chicago area where you can really, you know, put that to the test. And that, you know, that's, that's something that's worth throwing them on. Even if I'm riding urethane most of the time, if, you know, a few buddies are going out to ride the trails, like pneumatics going right on, like, I want to be a part of it. I want to shred out there. But at the end of the day, it, it has to be urethane for me. Awesome. Awesome. All right, that, that's probably going to wrap us up there. So thanks for coming on. If you haven't followed Brandon yet, it's eboard Brandon on Instagram. Uh, you can follow us at Evolve Skateboards. The podcast is now out. The videos on YouTube. We're officially on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the other good podcast places. Um, so yeah, we'll see you next time.